The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. We've, you know, over the years tried to get people to literally see what they'll look like in the future. And we've used, you know, age progression technology. Now, the impetus for this was to, again, try to get people to more vividly imagine their future selves. And, you know, the reason why we think this may be helpful is that it really acts as like an aid for our imagination. It's like a performance-enhancing aid, (laughs) a performance-enhancing drug for imagination. Welcome back to the Next Big Idea Daily. I'm your host, Michael Kovnat, and all week I've been talking with psychologist Hal Hirschfield, who studies how we think about ourselves in the future, years or decades from now. According to Hal's research, the more connected we are with this future self, the more likely we are to make smart choices about our health, our finances, our relationships. But connecting with this imagined self, this potential self, is challenging. So Hal has been developing techniques that can help bridge the gap. When it comes to strengthening the connection between current and future selves, it can help to try to make the future self closer. One way to do that is by enhancing how vivid the future self is. Anne Napolitano, the best-selling fiction author, started writing letters to her future self when she was 14 years old. She'd write one letter to herself in 10 years, and then after 10 years, she would write another letter, but also read the past one. That takes an incredible amount of commitment. And she told me in an interview that she often wanted to read the letter early, but she never did. For her, the act of writing a letter to her future self and also reading the letters from her past self helped identify the core values that she found truly important, which aided her in keeping her on the path that she wanted to be on. Now, for the rest of us who can't wait 10 years at a time, One way that we can engage in this sort of activity is to write a letter to and then step into the shoes of our future selves and write a letter from them. This is an activity that can help make the future self more vivid and can also help us feel less anxiety in the present about all of the uncertainties that remain in the years to come. We can also use the power of technology. My collaborators and I over the years have explored the possibility of using age progression technology. This is where we literally show people what they'll look like in the future. What's happening there is that we make the future more vivid for people. And what we've found over the years is that exposure to these age progress images helps people by causing them to want to save more and actually saving more, causing them to act more ethically. Other researchers have even found that these sorts of exercises, even without the technology, but just strong visualization techniques can help women in rural Kenya take more preventative health actions and even save more money. You talk about this technique of writing letters to your future self, which is really interesting. Um, I, I have, so I have some questions about this technique. First of all, have you tried it? Yeah, so I, I've tried it in a um, m- more of a high tech way. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so I've you know I've been developing with some uh, researchers 
at MIT, or they've really been developing a uh, sort of future self chatbot. Oh, wow. Which, you know, allows you to sort of communicate with your future self and then have the future self communicate back. Oh, that's a great idea. Now, one insight I should say is that early on, I thought sort of letters to your future self would sort of help change our feelings about our future self. It turns out those effects are either small or not even really there. What matters more is to write a letter to our future self and then back from our future self. Uh Uh-huh. And the reason is that that really helps us step into the shoes of our future self. It helps us sort of, you know, it it helps us create more of a two-sided conversation. Yeah, you're sort of role-playing your future self and that, that puts you in that headspace. Exactly, exactly. When you've worked with people and researched people writing these letters, what what sort of things do people write? Or are there certain topics you recommend that they put into these letters? So, you know, we've been looking at that exact question. One thing that I've done with my collaborator, Avni Shah, is to, you know, try to pull out all the different aspects that we could at least make some guesses about. So things like, you know, how will you be spending your time? Where will you be spending your time? Who will you be spending it with? You know, are you going to be working in the same job or a different one? Mm. Do you think you'll be traveling? Where will you be living? Sorts of questions that can give you sort of an anchor point and then spin out the story from there. That's a way to to give some sort of structure to the conversation. So sort of about career and relationship topics, that sort of thing? Yeah, I think that would be a good suggestion. You know, you can also think, what what are the sort of topics that you would want to ask about? You know, you could start by saying, what what do right. I want to know? What don't I want to know? And use that as a jumping off point. Right. Yeah. I'm just trying to imagine what I would ask myself, like, how's your marriage going, you know, 10 years from now? How's, <laughs> how, yeah. how's, how's your weight? How, you know, I don't know how are you. And then trying to imagine being in my future self, reporting back to my current self. I don't know what I'd say, but I, but, but just doing that exercise of picturing myself 10 years from now, say, uh, is, is powerful. It's interesting. I'm, I'm trying to get my head into it right now. <laughs> yeah, that's, ex- that's exactly right. I mean, I think, I, th- I think we have to start by saying, look, we're not going to know. Uh, obviously, like this exercise isn't going to suddenly sort of shed light on this unknowable future. And yet, I think asking the questions can get us to start thinking about those very things and who I'll be and, and maybe even start thinking about how that future version of me is going to look back on this period of my life. Right. Like maybe that future self will think, this was a really critical moment you're in right now. And you, younger me, was making all these choices about finances and career and relationship. And look what you've done. You've screwed me over <laughs> because you made bad ones. <laughs> or, you know, like uh, this, it, it, it does, it kind of, I don't know, it, it sort of makes the consequences of your current decisions a little more vivid, you know? Yeah. You're doing these on behalf of, a, of someone who's kind of real and it matters. I think it's also important to remember here that this sort of conversation could also, you know, suggest, no, 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 I am doing the right thing now. Like I I do want to spend this extra money on a nicer trip or whatever the decision is right now that you may have some question marks about. Um, There's certain decisions that you could say on the surface may not look like they're future oriented, (laughs) but, you know, having this conversation, you might say, you know what, this is the right move for right now. And 
let me just lean into that. Let me own that. Let me like later on in life say, remember why I did X, Y, and Z, because that was the right move then. Do you have any recommendations for the right time frame for this kind of letter writing exercise? Is it better to think of myself in five years or 10 years or 15 years? I think what matters there is the goal that we start with, right? So if I'm sort of going into this saying, you know, one of the things that matters to me is that I'm healthier in five years. Well, you know, or, or, or just that I'm healthier rather. Well, let's like pick a time frame for that. Maybe five years is the, the farthest that we can go. You know, of course, if I say, mm-hmm. look, I, I, you know, I want to travel more and reduce my hours working, you know, and, and retire at a reasonable age. Well, what is that age? You know? So in other words, start with the goal in mind and then right. back out from there what the time frame is and then do the exercise. And besides letter writing, you looked into some other strategies for bringing the future self closer. Tell me about this kind of aging technology that you experimented with. We've, you know, over the years tried to get people to literally see what they'll look like in the future. And we've used, you know, age progression technology. Now, the impetus for this was to, again, try to get people to more vividly imagine their future selves. And, you know, the reason why we think this may be helpful is that it really acts as like an aid for our imagination. It's like a performance-enhancing aid, <laughs> performance-enhancing uh-huh. drug for imagination, right? Um, once once you get past the shock, once you get past the shock of seeing yourself as, as an old person and dealing with that, which I think could be kind of terrifying, but maybe useful, uh, you know, if I, if I can look past the the vanity of like, oh my God, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to get older, but you know, maybe it's worth it. You know, I think it's a, what, what you're saying, I think is an important thing to consider. There very well maybe differences between people in terms of their desire to see these images. This is something mm. I'm trying to grapple with right now. I don't really know who doesn't want to see them who does. And mm-hmm. I think you're absolutely right that there can be a shock there. And, a, you know, of course, some of that shock is that no doubt an aged image puts you at a time frame that's closer to the end of your life. And that can be hard <laughs> to grapple with, <laughs> you know, right. but, and have, you know, having done this all different ways from the early technology to literally having Hollywood makeup artists make me look older for some of the Mm -hmm. marketing I was doing (laughs) for my Mm -hmm. book. It's confronting, but it, you know, it forces you to think ahead to think about what is that period of time? What will I be, what will I be like and how will I look back on the choices I've made? Can you share any real life examples of people who have benefited from this? And I know you talk about Anne Napolitano, the author who started writing these letters to herself. And I, I wonder if you can say how she says she benefited from it, or f- maybe there's someone else you came across in your research who had a tangible life benefit from this. Yeah. So, so Anne Napolitano told me that, you know, she's been writing these letters to, to her future self, but then she's been reading them back and then writing a new one. She's done this every 10 years since she was 14. <laughs> wow. One of the things that she told me it's done, and this is not something we've examined in the the actual empirical research, is that it's forced her to come closer to grapple with what truly matters in her life. What are her goals? What are her sort of values? Mm. Now, on a more pedestrian level, I actually had a young man reach out to me 
this is about a year or so, year and a half after COVID first hit. And he said he gained all this weight because, you know, he was in high school at the time and he was just eating junk food left and right. Mm. And he said he printed out an image of himself, of, you know, what he wanted to look like. And he put it by his fridge where he was going nightly to get one or two scoops of Haagen-Dazs and he put it in his bathroom mirror and he started making changes. He started changing his exercise routine and his diet and he lost much of the weight that he had gained. Now, that's obviously one specific example, but I think what it did is sort of remind him of, you know, the version of himself that he wanted to be more closely aligned with. So whether it's putting a photo on the fridge or writing a letter or trying an aging filter on TikTok, anything you can do to shrink the gap between your current and future selves is bound to benefit you. Come on back tomorrow when my future self will talk to Hal about some more tricks for making your tomorrow better today. Tricks like commitment devices. Meanwhile, your present self could make a smart choice by going to nextbigideaclub.com and signing up for our subscription book club. Sign up and we'll send you a curated selection of the best new nonfiction as handpicked by Malcolm Gladwell, Susan Cain, Adam Grant, and Dan Pink, our curators. That's nextbigideaclub.com and use promo code DAILY to get 10% off. Your future self will thank you. I'm Michael Kovnat. See you tomorrow.